everybody. Welcome back to All Bark, No Dice, the official tabletop talk show of the Fundamentals. This week we are kicking off our little series of episodes focusing on some of the writers behind Candlekeep Mysteries, the upcoming Dungeons & Dragons release that will be out in March. Our first guest is Amy Vorpal. She is an actress, writer, D&D fan, D&D player, dungeon master, all kinds of different things out of Los Angeles, California. Thank you for coming on the show, Amy. Yeah, hey! <laughs> Happy to be here. Talk about one of my favorite things in the whole world. So obviously, the big news that we'll have to talk about eventually is your adventure for Candlekeep Mysteries, a which is an exciting yeah piece of news anyway and we have little details about that which we'll get to eventually but before we get there i always like to start out asking i wonder where you started out with tabletop gaming what was the beginning of this obsession yes. that so many of us have where did you start <laughs> um i started i started a little later than most people i would say who are now doing this professionally i started right when i got to college so i was 18 at the time i was a freshman and my cousins my cousin had already been uh, going to that college so on my first day there she came to greet me and brought a friend along and her friend named Nathan saw in my dorm room that was already decorated with, I think about nine Lord of the Rings posters, one Yoda mosaic um, poster where they take the scenes from Return of the Jedi um, or screenshots and kind of form it into a big mosaic that looks like Yoda. Um, and he took a look at that and then he knew I was a an acting major and was like, wait, you're a nerd and you like acting, you know, I, he did the math for me and invited me to a D&D game that night. And then I played, I played all four years of college with that same group. Um, and that was 3.5, but yeah, it was this, you know, I feel like if I had known about D&D earlier, I, I would have played. I just didn't know about it, but I was no stranger to obviously fantasy and sci-fi novels and, um, and those movies and just that kind of uh, media in general. So yeah, I, I kind of lucked out and someone someone just looked at me and put the pieces together and said, you, D&D &D player. And I said, <laughs> yes, Captain, tell me where to go. <laughs> so it's kind of a uh, kind of a natural fit then. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a shoe. And I remember the first game we played, it was 3.5. And um, Kyle, and he, he was the dungeon master and his girlfriend, who is now his wife, Danielle and Nathan and I all sat around the table and I busted out immediately with an accent that was more like Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, and I was a halfling rogue, which was an amazing way to start uh, start in the game. I didn't I wasn't bombarded with spells or memorization of how the rules worked. It was, you know, sneak and take loot. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was so enjoyable and, and our group grew from there. So mm -hmm. they, I, yeah, they always hold, hold a really, a really, um, nostalgic and sweet part, uh, of my life. They, yeah, I, and, I hold them deep in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never forget your first group and no. you're, um, that's, you know, I started on three, five, which where I started as well. And, uh, it's not, it's not the easiest system to get started on, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, 
to D and D, but uh, it's it's really fun and it really does get really and it really gets you hooked. Um, I want to ask about so you were you started that you were a already a, a theater person. Oh yeah, yeah, I was and... deep in theater since I you know <laughs> from when I was doing little plays in elementary school, and it just never stopped. They you know a lot of other D and D theater people when you were in college or no through, or actually you... <laughs> um I guess well I guess sort of but but the short answer is no it was Oklahoma it was pretty I would say con- like a conservative ish I guess the college itself was more liberal but you know we were right in the Bible Belt um and mm-hmm. even Danielle had to hide the fact that she played D and D from her uh from her family because I think they really did think that she was worshiping Satan. Um, so <laughs> I, I like without exaggeration, I, I really, she was pretty adamant that we not talk about that when her family came to visit. Um, so yeah, like I, I would say I, the theater people weren't the ones playing D and D. Uh, I was, I was with the, they were, I guess Danielle and Kyle were both meteorology majors and then, and then Nathan and his twin was uh, Brandon. They were uh, film and creative literature or English literature majors. So it was like, it, it, and then I was the only real theater major until I brought my friend um, Blaze into the mix. And then, though, we did play second edition with my professor, and that was on the extreme DL. He thought he was going to get in trouble for like fraternizing with students, but. <laughs> You know, we, we weren't shy about saying that we played D&D, so he found out that we did, and he he and his wife and another professor were looking to kind of fl- flesh out their group, and he got Blaze and me to play, but we had to, like, swear on, on I don't know what we swore on, Guy Gats, so that we could not <laughs> tell anybody about playing, playing with them, because there, there uh... might be this huge... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, conflict of interest. Like I, I, I have no idea, but I, I, I get the I get the um the intent behind it. Like I don't know I don't know what the rules are <laughs> for that. Mm-hmm. Um or you know, just even being friends with a professor I'm sure can get a little dicey, but it was all it was all really you know, vanilla as far as I'm concerned. We just couldn't tell anybody. And that's a bit of a that's very uh very sort of night and day from how things are now. I mean, yeah, everyone's playing D and D and like athletes totally. and, you know, there's all kinds of people playing it and celebrities and, and, you know, the millions of people are tuning in to watch it on, on Twitch and watch it on stream. And it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, there's a pride. Um, there's a pride to it now. There's like a badge of honor and uh, happy, mm-hmm. happy to be one of those badge wearers. And so uh, you uh, sort of cut your teeth in in Hollywood, and still do. I think a lot of you've done a lot of work with with comedy and improv as a comedy writer and yeah. doing improv with different groups. And um, I think there's uh, as part of that, as we just said, part of the popularity. I think there's been a lot of crossover between the two worlds, between um, improv and. Uh, improv and and D&D you know it it, with streaming and with people playing it and I'm wondering if you think that I mean that's it it sounds pretty natural to me but I'm wondering if that's something that you think is uh, a natural fit for people or do you think you see a lot of stuff that you 
have developed as someone working in those spaces that you're using? Oh my using gosh, in, of course. Yeah, there's a huge crossover. <laughs> and and the I, I think it's even more prevalent now that you see people kind of identifying less as a job title, as actor, writer, producer, director, those kinds of things, because everyone's everything. Um, but they identify more with the word storyteller. And I think that does um, include being a D&D player slash dungeon master slash adventure writer or adventure a person who goes on adventures um so yeah the the storyteller vibe is kind of more what i think artists all from all walks of life and and doing all kinds of different things including visual art uh kind of consider themselves like they're not you know none of us are out out uh, ideally performing or showing our art in a vacuum we're trying to um, invoke emotion uh, through our own stories uh, and sometimes even fictional stories can be more truthful and candid and honest than uh, the actual nonfiction of our lives you know in memoirs or whatever I, I think I think sometimes in telling these stories of, of role-playing characters and adventures we we get to you know quote pretend but that kind of lifts a little bit of a veil into what we really think and what we really want to do and, and what we um, it, just ourselves that we put into our characters. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool. And of course I, I do think there's crossover, you know, um, and it is it, ideally you are playing w with friends. So there's drama of course, and high, high drama really sometimes oh, yeah. jerking stuff, but at the same time you all are trying to have a good time. So it, it's like, it's just like a perfect, dramedy where every once in a while someone's going to make a dick or a fart joke and you're off to the races and <laughs> that's what the game is so I've, I've had plenty of games where people are like oh this is so silly this is so weird and silly is this really D D? we're not even using the rules that's not even the rule but but is it real i'm like no that's the only way i've ever played D D, and the only way i've ever really seen it played like the rules are there but it's really just, I mean, Mike, Mike Merles has a wonderful foreword, I think, in the player's, I think it's in the player's handbook. It's either that mm -hmm. or the Dungeon Master's Guide that I'm forgetting, but th that it's not about the rules. It's about, like, how it's a game, so you're meant to just have fun with your friends. So whatever that looks like to you, you're doing it right. And um, I totally, totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Um, and I do want to ask... Um, as part of that, I, I think you've you've worked with a lot of different systems, um, you know, as as a player. I know you've played with a few different, a few different streams, a few different ones. Uh, you know, do you play? Is there other another system you've played that you really liked a lot? That's not you know not not D and D. Oh yeah, so I played. I think I've played every every um, iteration or edition of D and D, and that is that. Yeah, I have different thoughts on different editions. I am definitely a 5e <laughs> girl, um, even though I, I did cut my teeth on 3.5. But I I have, on that note, I've played Pathfinder. I've played I played one game of Vampire the Masquerade, which I really loved. Um, the, the White Wolf games. Um, and, then, and then just, the, uh, oh, all of the Star Wars RPGs. I, I think I've... I can't remember which one I, I did play, but any any of the um, uh, the oh fate fate core I've played um, like tons because honestly 
I, I was at Geek and Sundry for a long time as a writer and performer, and one of our shows was called Foreververse, and and the the gimmick of the show, kind of the hook, was that every month we'd be uh, cycling into a new RPG, which was intense because it's not just the dungeon master who is, and Ivan Van Norman was a dungeon master, but it's not just him who has to learn all the new rules. We we have to pretty much be pretty comfortable with it while on a show. Otherwise, it's just, you know, a, a rules um, question game. And it's, so that was really intense, but it got it got me into lots of different lots of different systems. And I mean, really, they're all very similar. Once you have your character, the, the rules kind of walk themselves through. But um, but yeah, tons, tons of different RPGs. I, I, I can, well, I, I hate being negative, but I will shout out if you want some gossip of a, a, an RPG I, I wasn't a fan of necessarily. Um, you know what, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna do that. Actually, it's, it's not really worth it to me. And I know game writers out there are struggling as well so uh never mind fuck me i'm well. not saying that <laughs> they deserve it they worked really hard they came up with a world that at least is intriguing and um very very weird and it it may not have been my cup of tea but not really worth yeah oops not gonna do it yeah well you know it uh that that, that happens if you meet um some yeah. games just don't fit us you know um yeah, it's nice to be able to have an opinion. I just don't know that saying something negative right now is going to help anybody. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you've done as you've obviously done quite a bit. Uh, you know, you've played a lot. You know, but and you've you've done a lot of writing uh, outside of outside of D and D. You know, you've done a lot of comedy writing and um, like you said, writing for uh, you know Geek and Geek and Sundry and, and Buzzfeed other places. What got you writing adventures for D and D? I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> this was so I I have a friend named David Crennan, and he is the owner and and uh, I guess creator of the company Dungeon in a Box, and it's a subscription based service where every month you get um, an adventure, some minis, a map, a two sided map, and maybe some dice some extra stuff like uh, like some flavor for for the world and uh like sometimes it was a puzzle that you could hand your players or i don't know just just fun things like that and it was such high quality and i was a, a subscriber and then they asked their subscribers if any of if anybody wanted to submit to be an adventure writer and i was like well why not you know i've i've played enough I, I'm, I haven't DM at that point, I hadn't really DM'd as much as I have now, but, um, I was like, well, you know, whatever, it can't be too hard. And what else am I doing? And the answer at the time was not much. So I kind of dove in and I had read his adventures, you know, I'd played through about seven of them and loved them. So I got, the, I knew what the format was and I wrote a, a like a really long, like a 10,000 word adventure and sent it in and then he was he hired me so I wrote two adventures for a dungeon in a box but I but I will say I did not think I was going to get hired I I thought I was I I really felt like I was all over the place but he he was so 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 supportive and really liked the twists and turns that my adventure took and also the world building that I had done and 
it was it, like he appreciated all the stuff I appreciated about writing the adventure, which is so amazing when when someone in charge of who's about to hire you is like, okay, there are some things that need tweaking, but there's some things that kind of aren't really trainable that you already have, you know, like, I don't know if you can train someone to know what is needed in world building. Like you would really have to be starting from the ground up um, for a lot of people, but for many, you know, players or dungeon masters, you know what an adventure needs and, and what kinds of details are involved. So I felt really good about it. And so did he. So I wrote, I wrote a couple of uh, adventures for them, and that was super fun. And then I got too busy because uh, I don't know if you've ever written an adventure, but it takes a lot of hours. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's not, not easy. And I'm wondering what, um, you know, what, what does kind of draw you to, to, to writing ad- adventures um, that it might be different from your sort of normal, your normal writing that you that you yeah uh, what done. drew me to it was being asked I, to be honest both times <laughs> like so even submitting the, that first time I, I was I felt like well I guess you're I guess you know the D&D thing the Keep Mysteries is like awesome because yeah I, I was asked seemingly it felt like out of the blue I still have no idea why I I got chosen. Um, I'm not going to ask too far because if it was a mistake, then then here, you know here we are, and the and the mistake proved fruitful. But I I, I will. It might have. It very very easily might have been a mistake um, in my head. So I would. But the other reason is just the challenge. Like I had never really thought to be an adventure writer. I, I it just it never really entered my brain. So when my friend David was kind of putting feelers out there I had even asked him I was like are you looking for someone who's got experience or or what because I I don't know but it's intriguing to me and he was like great Mm -hmm. intrigue is all we need and I'm like okay cool (laughs) um but it was it's really just the challenge of doing something new uh there's a story that a story it's kind of a I don't know I think it's a fact a fact about otters where once otter, once you train an otter to do the thing, like put all the cups in the right order together, then they'll do it a couple of times and then they'll never do it again. Like it's really hard <laughs> to do because they're like, why would I do this again? I've mastered yeah. this. And there's something about that, that that interests me because adventure writing I've never done before. And I wanted to see if I could do it and, and if I was any good. Um, it seems like I had enough background to, to show that maybe I'd, I'd be okay at it. So I, I really wanted the challenge. That's, 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 I think what drives a lot of people to it once they've played a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, they played a little bit maybe they dm a little bit, but there's an extra leap of challenge. Yeah. Um, but you know, because you are, are a writer, um, and you've done an extensive amount of writing in general, uh, there's some, I think, advantage jumping in, or uh, you had some practice and I'm wondering, uh, you know, obviously, your adventure you've you've written for the the new book is um, on the more comedic side, um, but I, don't, I I believe, but you've not necessarily written only funny adventures. Um, oh and no, and and I want I yeah. <laughs> my adventure is getting a lot of um, uh, I don't know, I, I want to say heat, but not, not in the bad way. A lot of t- there's a lot of talk about it being hilarious, and and it's not <laughs> like it. Yeah. I would say it's quirky at best. Um, and, yeah. and it is it is uh, off tone, you know, when you think of 
Candlekeep Mysteries, I don't think you would necessarily go where I went, but but it's still an adventure. And if you wanted to play it in a dark way, like that would be up to really the players and the dungeon master and, and could easily be done. That being said, I have included, um, you know, really some, some, I don't know, the things about D&D that I really like, including uh, kind of a mechanic of... Um, naming people which i really won't go too much in into that but that's kind of fun and uh yeah like i guess i guess it it does it, it is a little bit silly ish but but there's you know like there is a problem and you and the players do have to resolve it so if if you don't lean all the way comedically it's not like you're going to be in a cartoon um, it's just, it's just, oh, candle keep. You could do this with candle keep. Interesting. Th that's how I take it. So yes, Chris Perkins said that he, it's, it's like right in the middle of the book. Um, and, and I totally get that because I think they start off, uh, darker, a little darker, and then they end a little darker. And then in the middle is a, a little more lighthearted or less, um, you know, you're gonna die forever kind of vibe. But that's, I think that's, you know, as you say, that's part of the beauty of D&D. &D, and I think it's, um, yeah. it's good. I think people sometimes maybe do, do have a tendency to take things, you know, if, if, if not, uh, if not going fully into, like you say, cartoonishness, um, you know, sometimes they, some people do take it too seriously. Some people do make it cartoonish. And so I think striking that balance is an interesting, uh, interesting type walk. Um, tightrope walk. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I, I couldn't have written it any other way. I had no idea what, I, I mean, we were kept in the dark the entire time. I didn't even know who my uh, co-writers co were. So I, I was just kind of writing wow. the only way I knew how. And if it leaned comedically, well, then, <laughs> you know, you got what you ordered, man. I don't know. I, I don't know what you expected when you hired <laughs> Amy Warhol to write an adventure. So yeah, no yeah. regrets, no apologies. But um, but it's also it's I, I I don't want people to read it and be like, oh okay, uh, yeah, it's it's just another adventure. It's not as silly and hilarious as I thought it would be. So I I, I it definitely is a quirky take on Candlekeep, and that's as far as um, and as as far as I can really go. Like I, I don't, it's not. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, we, If it's laugh out loud funny, it's not going to be because of the adventures. <laughs> It'll be because yeah. of your team and your players uh i mean the, the silliest D, D adventure can be made you know boring or dark yes. easily just i mean the uh, the in the adventure zone they were able to turn the um uh uh fan uh, minds of fandelver uh sort of opening the 5e basic adventure that's fairly serious, you know, standard D and D yeah. and turn it into the start of a whole comedy thing, you know? So it's Great. like you say, it's all done. And that's part of the challenge I've, that I've heard from other writers. And I'm wondering how you, maybe how you adapt to that is, is that question, you know, it, it's, it's not just, I'm writing for this audience. I hope that this, if this reaction is, I'm writing this, hoping someone else will use this and get this reaction. Yeah. It, not even, I mean, I, that in, you, you mentioned, you know, having written before, and, and that is one of the reasons, that, that's one of the ways that I go into writing. Like, I, it's too hard for me to write something that I think other people will like, so I just write what I think I will like. <laughs> and and I, I, do that, I, do that, I, I do that often with sketches and 
uh, stories or scripts or whatever I'm making, it's like, oh, I have, I, I can't really kowtow to your um, vibe or your, or your tone or what you even like in your opinions. I just, I'm just going to write what I think might be fun to run for my players. So the fact that it got in is next level. Um, the fact that, and, 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 you know, like, I don't know why I was so worried about it the whole time. I wish I was Uh, at any moment we were told at any, at any version of, um, this process at any step, it could be removed and just shelved for later or never. And then no one would really see it. And it also still belonged to them. And that we, we were, that was pretty clear the whole way through, which is what happens when you're a hired writer is you, your stuff that you write, um, isn't, it's not your IP. And, um, at the same time, they don't really have a, they don't have to release it or publish it. So I was worried for a pretty long time that maybe, I mean, every step that it was like, you're on to the next step, you're on to the next step. It was like, phew, all right. But there's still no promise of publication. So I, I, I'm just lucky that it wound up making it all the way through. Yeah. And you couldn't have turned around and put it in some knockoff book called like Blandle Bleep or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm, there, there are elements of it that I, I probably could have, you know, reworked, but no, it, it, uh, I'm just glad. I'm just ha- I'm just so happy <laughs> where where it ended up. I'm so happy that it was like check marks the whole way through. What was there? You know, you've written for some. You know, you've been in some. You know, some pretty big things, and you've written for, uh, for all kinds of different publications and and shows and things. But you know, what, what sort of how did it? What was it like writing for? Uh, writing for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the, writing officially for Dungeons and Dragons. Totally. Well, I'll start with the, just the difference between adventure writing and, and writing, you know, stories and dialogue and scripts is the main difference is, um, you're not telling a story. And they were, they told us that immediately. Like you're, you're, if you haven't written an adventure before you were going and you hear mystery, you're going to want to start with, like hiding things and revealing them. And that's what a mystery is. And that is how scripts are written. You like, you release it slowly. And they were very clear, like at the very beginning, this, this, what you're writing is basically an open letter to any dungeon master who's going to run this. So you need to let them know what is going on at the very top. There's no reveal. That's up to the dungeon master. And the dungeon master needs to know all the secrets pretty immediately so that, when they come across them in the story, they're like, great, this is where that can happen. This is where that can happen. And then as always with D and D you, especially with written adventures, um, you get the nuts and bolts and then it just happens how it happens. So, so they need to know what, what they need to hide, but you as the writer are not hiding anything. So that was like numero uno back to basics. Okay. Shift your mind all the way back to uh, like the beginner level of this, because I, that's not how I, you know, story writers write stories. So it's more like you're not writing, you can't, you're not writing a plot, you're writing a playground. And then you're, you're saying where the plot might be able to uh, advance, but man, the players are the protagonist. So you can't write a plot without the protagonist. You're just building a playground and uh, letting, letting them, letting the dungeon master do what they want with it. 
which was it was a bit of a mind a mind fuck, but the, it was it was it was still okay. Um, the uh, the main thing that was difficult for me in actual adventure writing is how I've played a bunch of adventures. I've read a bunch of the D and D books. I have dungeon mastered um, at least some of the D and D books and the adventures, and I take what I, I basically, I, I take what I want and then I do what I want with it. Right. So I, my choices are, uh, like the, the written adventure is a starting off point for what I actually want to do and what I want to play. And then it's just, it's also what the players actually do and how I have to react to that. And I think that's normal for every dungeon master. So flipping the script and being the writer, it was like going from, infinite possibilities as a dungeon master and then switching your brain to a pretty mechanical clinical engineered mind which is the finite right like now I have to be the jumping off point for other people and that was my main note and the main I mean it it was pretty much a page one rewrite after the first draft because I had written it very much like, and then maybe this will happen, or you could do this, or here's a table of choices that you could, you know, mess with. And that's not helpful because I was writing it from the point of view as if I'm the dungeon master. And I needed to write it from the point of view as if someone else is a dungeon master and they, they don't have access to my brain right now in this moment. They can't ask me questions. So what's on the page is all they get. And that, that was that was really, really difficult because I had to make finite decisions that could transcend hypotheticals. So, but D&D is all about hypotheticals that you'll never predict <laughs> ever. So, mm-hmm. so it was, it was, it was, uh, that was very, very, very difficult. And, and I was exhausted any, any day that I spent writing, I was really, really tired after that because it's just decision making after decision making after decision making yeah and um i can't imagine it sounds exhausting but it sounds incredibly rewarding too especially now that you're gonna have all these i mean maybe it might be still be kind of stressful thinking about it but all these you're gonna have all these people who are gonna you know read and and play through your adventure oh totally no 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 now you're right there's no more stress anymore it's it's like i i guess there i guess there's not even stress if people don't like it. I don't actually care if they don't like it. I really don't because I I, I have read the final version and I like it. And my name is on mm-hmm. it and I'm proud of it. And at the end of the day, Chris Perkins signed off on it. So I, I have no idea what anyone else wants, but I want yeah. zero else. If no one <laughs> plays it, great. If everyone plays it and hates it, great. If even one person likes it, that's that's a bonus. That's icing on the cake. So. <laughs> I'm I'm just here to ride ride the ride the wave, see what's next. Oh, yeah. Um because it's it yeah, it's out of my hands, so I'm happy. I'm really really happy to have it out of my hands actually. <laughs> so we um we obviously, you know, you you can't talk too much about it. Um uh but uh, I was wondering where if it, it where some of it as if we can, if you, if we can talk about it as much as we can, yeah. uh, when it comes to the actual uh, adventure, which has been titled a uh, Candle Keep Deconstruction, mm-hmm. um, which those of you who haven't seen it is spelled with a K everywhere that there's a uh, a C in those words. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering where 
I guess it where the idea of might have come from, or maybe if if an idea maybe what you're hoping, uh, like we just said, it's hard it's hard to say that. But what you what what you're kind of what what you were wanting, what you like about the adventure for like what you might get out of it as as a as a DM or a player. Totally, I. Uh, yeah, the K's were were just a bit of Amy flavor text, um, which <laughs> it, it was like, you know, it's a very, it, it is a stylized book and it's um, mm-hmm. a stylized adventure. And that was my way of saying that, like, I, I I'm, it, it's kind of um, a gnomish, it was my version of a gnomish racial choice that they spelled mm-hmm. it like that, but also a little bit of that ye old English kind of past version and also things with mm-hmm. k's are words with k's are funny the end um <laughs> those are all of my reasonings uh and and i i spell i i mean no there's one more reason is that i know that it's a little bit like i'm i'm messing with candle keep in my adventure like i mm-hmm. i really took some liberties with what candle keep is um they had sent a reference book I think or a reference passage I think it was it was from something in the Forgotten Realms it might have been Sword Coast it, I, I don't know where it came from but they sent a <laughs> they sent a reference um, passage that, that were that was a few pages long and it it just lit me up I loved it so much that I was like well if it you know the directive was to write a a mystery that could be started if the players found a certain book and which is I think genius and I said, well, if they find a certain book, um, why w- they could find a book about Candlekeep. And then they would have to play an adventure inside Candlekeep. And I don't think anyone else uh, did that. I think they, you know, take you to a different location. Um, so I, I think I took a risk because, you know, Candlekeep is what Candlekeep is. And now it's canon that it's not necessarily. And especially... Uh, my adventure guides the players to one tower that is not what it seems. So you play, yeah, the adventure takes place within the library, but it's a bit unexpected along the way, what, what you encounter. So it's that, that's kind of it. That's what I wanted to achieve was I loved, I loved what was written about Candlekeep and I wanted to add to the canon. And now that it's published, I guess it's added to the canon. So Yeah. I can just imagine my players, you know, they've done some of the adventures where they open the book and they go to some crazy, fun, mystical, different land far away. And then they open this book and they just end up where they already were. <laughs> totally. Wait, why, why are we still here? What yeah, happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, everything else happens. Yes. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels, it just feels, it just feels good. And I, 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 as much as I thought mine was a little different and quirky or whatever, I still, I, when I submitted my proposal, I was convinced that everyone would do the same thing. And I was delighted that, I don't know, I, I got told yes on my first pitch. Um, and I don't think that was the same. I don't think any, I don't know who else had that experience, but I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. I had the the only real difference was I had pitched um, that I would write an adventure. the The setting was the entire Candlekeep, and uh, Chris Perkins helped a lot by saying, "No, no, we're focused on one tower in the Candlekeep." And I was like, "Okay, that's going to actually be a lot more feasible because <laughs> I don't like you have to draw the uh, the assignment came with you have to draw a map as well, 
And that would have been a bit of a nightmare to try to draw a whole map of the entire candle cape. It's huge. It's, it's like, I mean, it, it would have been like a skyscraper-ish type <laughs> uh, blueprint that I, I would have had to come up with. So no thanks. Yeah, you would have disappeared for like a month and we would see you because you'd be too busy trying oh, to figure yeah. out all, all, all the different eight, spires. All, and... <laughs> all 10 pages of, can, of my adventure would just be a map. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worked out for um, the best. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I think a lot of people are as well. Um, one thing that got mentioned, that gets mentioned in a couple different places when um, – when your adventure has been, been brought up in other articles. And I'm wondering something that gets brought up in that is these little things that apparently show up, which are called uh, the skitter widgets. And I'm yes! wondering if you can, if you can tell us at all, anything about what that in the, the world a skitter widget is. Sure. That was my, the first thing, that was the first thing I wrote um, for the adventure. It was like, once I got it approved, I was like, awesome. I'm going to make this monster. And, and it's, it's there's there's one thing that's actually pretty uh, fun about them. But hold on, before I answer, I want to know what you think a skitter widget is. I don't. It, Do you it know what, sounds or like what type of monster it might be. It sounds like it's either some kind of weird little robot or some kind of like fairy critter with too many teeth. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yes, it is. I can tell you it's a construct. So it's okay. It's a bit. It's like yeah. It's like a. I'm not. I'm not supposed to say this because it crosses. Um, it, it's basically like a, a metal type Pokemon. So oh, okay. they're idea. They're like I wanted them. I wanted them to be cute. Critter is an awesome word for them. They're just little cute little uh, construct critters. Um, and they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like metal type, and I mean they're vicious, they're monsters, but they're, yeah. um, you know what I would compare them to? Modrons, mm, okay. um, which are one of my favorite monsters anyway. So mm-hmm. the way I went about building them is I I kind of I, I knew the vibe of what I wanted, and then I looked through uh, the I, I looked through the constructs and found. Um, actually on D&D Beyond, like what CR was missing. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can like want, and, and constructs are made of so, like like you could have something that's very that's very metallic, but you could also have mm-hmm. a flesh golem. Like they're very mm-hmm. um, flavor, uh, their flavor is all different too. So I mm-hmm. was looking for kind of a, a CR thing that was more robotic, like a, a shield guardian, but smaller or yeah. like a modern. So, and I, and that's when I was like, Oh, I can't find this thing that I want. So I'm going to make it. Um, mm-hmm. you were going to say something. I interrupted you. Oh no. I was just, I was just thinking of the flavor of a flesh golem and I, my, uh, it didn't, I, the, the idea didn't sit well with me. That was, not, that was just... <laughs> yummy, yummy. Flesh golem. Yeah. By flavor, I do mean the taste, the literal yes. taste in your mouth, um, of flesh. Uh, but yeah, that's how I came up with it. And, and, um, that the 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 fun part about it is they do I did make it so that they can mate with each other and if they mate oh uh I th- they have kitty widgets and <laughs> initially I had built out some stats Chris Perkins said what are you doing do you, do you really <laughs> want players to kill these 
babies. And I, and I was like, oh my God, yeah, I do. Yeah. Gone. They're gone. Why would I want anyone to kill babies? Uh, which was my first instinct anyway. <laughs> well, the play tests came back and players in the play tests, guess what? They wanted to kill the babies. So they went from having stats to being non-combatants because please don't kill the construct babies mm-hmm. all the way back to having stats because you can't stop players from killing the construct babies. Never underestimate Never the ability of D and D players to kill things. <laughs> yeah, so I get to say, I get to say, at least on that to Chris Perkins, even if I, I get to say, um, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so definitely looking forward to that. I want to, um, and I'm sure more details will come out about it. You know, as teasers come out and things going forward. Um, I always like to finish up. I like to ask just a couple things about sure. just taste things for you as a player, as as looking finishing out, looking at your what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Is there a character? Um, and this is these are actually usually the hardest questions um, that I ask. Um, is there is there a favorite character that you've that you've played? Yeah, I mean, I have so many, and and on different <laughs> streams too. Like I went from, I mean, nowadays. So the the longest I've ever played was my rogue in college, mm-hmm. which was four four years, and her name was Nefario wow. Benedin, halfling rogue, and she talked like this. She was like Audrey from the Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> and it was very annoying, but I found it fun, and she was great. And then after that, I played a dwarf named Asdeth Huron, and she had a huge beard, um, and she was super into making rope animals like balloon animals but made out of rope for kids mm-hmm. and she was just That's kind of awesome. like a bumbling dwarf um and she was i think she was a she she was a fighter who turned into a uh it was a 3.5 thing that i just can't remember but it had something to do with stone <laughs> where mm-hmm. she could manipulate stone while fighting yeah so she was a bit of a beast which was awesome and then That's i great. and then i guess more recently i played a human cleric Mm -hmm. barbarian multi-class which i don't recommend because (laughs) you're either casting a spell or you're raging but never both at the same time so you're not Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of limiting anyway yeah yeah you limit yourself before you um before you even begin but but i i don't know i like flawed things so that the the flavor's fun too the flavor's fun yeah cleric barbarian um but you do at every fight have to kind of pick which way you're gonna go. And mm-hmm. anyway, her name was Arky Barky, and she was just a blonde <laughs> human. She was the most. She's the one who's the character that I've played that who's the most like me, I, I would say. <laughs> but of all of those, um, of, of all the classes you played, or the classes that you've, um, you know, there are in D anD. D is there a class that you just just you always enjoy playing. You always enjoy being, uh, or you maybe I, identify I, even yeah, as that I, class. I think it might be a lot of people's favorite. I, I, I really, I, think, I don't know if there is a class that I haven't played, but yeah, my favorite mm-hmm. is um, Warlock. Just, oh, and I, and okay. I always recommend it. I, I think, I think a fighter and a rogue are really good recommendations for newer players because mm-hmm. you're not dealing so much with the magic, which I think is one of the hard. Mm, it's not hard, but it's a little bit trickier of a mechanic yeah. to wrap your head around. Um, but the warlock is also a very simple magic mechanic because there aren't mm-hmm. a million spells, and yeah. there are not a million spell slots. And it's like 
it's very understand like everything's understandable the way that you get your spell slots back is every short rest it's not every day you're you just kind of normally cast eldritch blast and go your own way you know <laughs> and then beyond yeah. that you get um you get i just love the the way with all the spellcasters, they get magic from different ways, sorcerers from mm-hmm. the bloodline or, or just their themselves, and wizards from books. And then the warlock gets it from literally a pact they made with a demon. So it's like yeah. this, this free role-playing decision that, <laughs> yeah. that the new players have to make. And it, it's this easy but forceful way to make them come up with a backstory. So I... I it's not... I guess that's why I would say it's my favorite is just because it's it's when when new players are like I want to play I'm in, I'm interested in spells but I don't want it to be too hard but I also want to fight and do damage and I want to role play you're just like oh well warlock just do warlock like the dungeon master yeah. can be your your demon packed lord and they're gonna be able to role play with you you've got some weird shit going on in your head anytime you cast a spell um your spells are literally three things <laughs> don't think about yeah. it too much and go forth and play so it's i i tend to i tend to like that i would say my least favorite is paladin um hmm. And here's why it's not really, it's because that's weirdly appropriate considering what your favorite class is. <laughs> totally. Well, the main reason isn't necessarily, um, I like, I like that you can fight and cast spells. Those like, that's mm-hmm. another good combo meal. Um, being strong and meaty, but also a spellcaster. Very cool. Here's where, here's what, what has, um, here's where I go, uh, off the beaten path of liking them is that, in every game I played where there is a paladin, this paladin is somehow a fucking atheist. And this paladin what? doesn't answer to anybody. And But, oh, they, they've had a falling out with their deity. And I, I get why that sounds so new and fun. But I've just, mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen it too many times where they're like, I'm a paladin, but I believe in things that aren't the deity. And my deity and I are angry at each other, but I still have my powers. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> you, okay. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, <laughs> cute. That's my re- response. So, so if, if there's a paladin who's like pretty noble and mighty and like following the rules, I, it's, it's like, yeah, then that's a, that is what a paladin is. Find mm-hmm. the nuances and the differences and like what makes your character different in that as opposed to trying to be an atheist paladin, which just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People like, people like being cute with D&D sometimes. Yeah, and, and it's it, fine. Sometimes I it do, works, sometimes it doesn't. You do you. It's, I, just, <laughs> I, I, find that over, I find that overdone. Um. So I, I like I like the rules. I like breaking the rules. And then sometimes <laughs> that's a rule ju- that I've seen broken just one too many times without really any um, repercussions. Uh, like, I don't think I've ever DM'd a paladin, but like DM'd a, uh, like a player paladin. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but other players at my table when I've been a player are... I, I, I've experienced them. And I'm like, why are they able to do spells? Like... I, I don't, I, I don't, obviously I'll break rules. I'm not a rules lawyer, but on that, like, oh my God, come on. How are they able to do spells if they, they're not, if the deity is like mad at them and not granting them magic? You tell me. <laughs> yeah. 
So <laughs> sorry. There's no, a rant for you. Didn't think you, that's not what you asked. You didn't say what what is your oh. least favorite. Oh no, I uh I to- I I haven't heard that much passion about um paladins except from, you know, paladins themselves trying to explain <laughs> being a paladin right. to people. Totally. Um, but uh it's definitely interesting to run into that. And yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 you can tell someone has played a lot of D&D when they can rant about things like that. <laughs> eventually, eventually you pick out the things that you're like, oh, I've seen yeah, so yeah. many of these things. Oh I just wish God, I could just totally. not see them anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, is there anything... So, you've, you've got this... Um, you've got this adventure of Candlekeep Mysteries coming out, which comes out on in March. Uh, is there anything else that you've been working on or that you've, uh, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be D&D related because you, you obviously you're working on, you have all kinds of stuff that you do um, that we can look forward to in the next uh, next few months or year? Um, what can we look forward to? I'm I, The short answer is uh, maybe. That's the short answer. Maybe. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm working right now. I, I had it released an album a few years ago. Maybe that's like six years ago now called Songs in the Key of D&D. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of attribute that album to, um, or I attribute any version of me being uh, in the D&D niche to that album, just like making it and making the music video for the DM's Lament and, mm-hmm. and just kind of establishing myself in the entertainment version of Dungeons and Dragons uh, in, yeah. in that universe. So I love that I did that. And I think I'm, I, I'm thinking about releasing another album, but this one would have some themes about D&D, but it wouldn't be so specific to just Dungeons and Dragons at, at the moment. It's worth saying because it could change. And what are you going to do about it? Probably nothing. Um, yep. <laughs> but at the moment, what I'm what I'm toying around with is I I do always feel a little guilty that the DM's lament, which is arguably the fan favorite song on the album, uh, and obviously mine because it's the only one I made a music video of. But that that chorus is, and and the whole song itself comes from a negative perspective of D and D where it's like, I'm a D and D dungeon master and I'm mad at everything and my players suck <laughs> and everything's horrible. Um, which, you know, is born of real frustration, but I kind of want to yeah. do an album where I, the lyrics and the chorus and, and just everything is just a little more feel good. I think that mm-hmm. is totally needed right now. And while it is funny and fun to, you know, use the inspiration for art from any any emotion that you feel, um, that was out of a really strong sense of frustration, and I want to try to write an album and, and music that's from a really strong um, emotion of of positive emotions like joy and love and just general acceptance and respect. So I I know I have no idea how that will be received or anything like that. I know I know that most people who are even interested in who I am might, might be like D and D girl, do more D and D. But again, I'm, I'm like the otter. I did it. I did a D and D album. Um, I might never do another one and just kind of try to challenge myself in a different way. Yeah. Show your character. You gotta show your character development somewhere. That's right. Um. That's right. I went from, I went from D and D screw Jamie Vorpal to enlightened being. So, um, I think that that's about all we, um, about coming to the end of things there, uh, where can, uh, where can we, where can we follow you online? Where can we follow your, 
uh, your your work, my personal growth, everything that you're um, doing. <laughs> yes, for <laughs> your personal growth, exactly. We want to keep tabs uh, on yeah, you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Vorpal Sword, V O R P A H L Sword. If you don't know how to spell it, look it mm-hmm. up. Um, and then, and then uh, on tw- on Twitter right now, I have pinned a link <laughs> where you can sign up to subscribe to my newsletter that I send out every couple of weeks. That um, it's just kind of an update on where I am in my personal life, uh, some professional stuff, and then just like tips, recommendations, and uh, just a little window in if that's kind of something you're interested in. It's really not much. It's just a way for me to uh, keep in touch with people because I don't yeah. necessarily, I don't like the the short vi- the short vibe of social media of like, here, look at me, successful, here's a pic. It's like <laughs> I, I would rather express myself in a curated um, form that has a little bit more context and a little bit more room for context. Like mm-hmm. instead of I'm doing great and I'm successful, I kind of want to be able to say, Hey, this has been a struggle for a long time. Here's one thing that happened that was really good that I totally deserve because the last two months have been kind of shitty. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, and I think that's a little healthier anyway um, for, for consumers of, of that, including me. I, I get really in my head when I only see successful people. <laughs> Yeah. And now, of course, um, I'll be linking, um, you know, links to your social media and things uh, in yeah. the in the notes below this 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 episode as well. Um, but thank you again for for coming on and talking about, um, you know, your 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 character growth and uh, your work on on the on the new book. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It makes me feel like like I've been invited to Dungeons Dragons royalty. So I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. And yeah, like like Megan and Harry left the royal family so that I could join. That's kind of how it feels. There you go. All you need is a little crown with dice on it. You'll be all set. Dude, from your mouth to... <laughs> I don't know. Some, someone's ears. Guy, we'll do Gary. <laughs> Gary Gygax to his ears.
Thank you.